the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Accurate information from a trusted source. That's the Ohio Press Network at the ohiopressnetwork.com that's the ohiopressnetwork.com if you're not there reading and you're not a subscriber get there subscribe read share the stories encourage five other people to subscribe why because there is a dire need for accurate reporting that doesn't come through the progressive lens and we do that at the ohio press network we're grateful for your support and uh again theohiopressnetwork.com. Okay, he is a friend of the show now, and he is a Republican candidate for U.S. Senate. He's, he has two competitors that he has to defeat before he goes to take on career politician Sherrod Brown in November. But the days are, are just flying by, and uh, a little over a month now, I believe, he is Bernie Marino. Uh, Bernie, welcome back to the Bruce Woolley Show. How are you this morning? I'm doing fantastic, Jack. Now, it's six weeks from today is the primary. Is It It is six weeks. Okay. Six weeks from today. We're right around the corner. Early voting starts uh, two weeks from tomorrow, and ballots have already been sent to uh, military members on Friday. So we're right in the thick of it. We are in the thick of it. All right. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going <clears> to <throat> unpack this Breitbart story in a moment. But before we do that, I'm going to we're going to do something um, and it might be a little faster, but it depends on your answers. We might go a little slower. I'm going to I'm going to lobby you three things that you'll deal with when you're in the Senate. And then one of them is really a social issue that's probably more of a state or local control issue. But I think it's important uh, for you to address, too. Let's start with this Senate border bill. Now, I know it's over 300 pages. I'm not mad at you if you didn't have a chance to read it. I haven't gotten through it yet, but give us your visceral response on what uh, the Senate leadership did on Sunday and and put out yesterday. How would you vote on that bill if you were in the Senate and uh, came to a vote on Wednesday or Thursday this week? Well, I don't think it's going to come to a vote. I did read all 357 pages. It came out at 6 p.m. on Sunday. I finally fell asleep at 2 uh, 2 a.m. I honestly didn't sleep much because, and I'm not, this is not hyperbole, Jack. I encourage every one of your listeners, I know it's a pain, read that bill. Because when you read the bill, you understand it highlights every single thing that's wrong with Washington, D.C. These are people in Washington, D.C. who run on, an, on the same issue sets that tell us that they're there to do the things that we believe in. But the betrayal in those 350 pages runs so deep and it's so upsetting. We need to have people in Washington, D.C., Jack, with one very simple uh, point of view. We're going to always put the interest of Americans first. Instead, what you see in that bill is the exact opposite. It's grotesque. It's disgusting. And I would do everything in my power to make certain that something like that bill never got passed. Someone who has endorsed you this election 
as a former acting director of national intelligence. He was with us yesterday, Rick Grinnell. And uh, Rick likened the bill to this. Give us a bunch of money. Give us billions of dollars for Ukraine, and we'll do something about the border. Um, That's a good segue into the issue of Ukraine. If you were in that seat occupied by Sherrod Brown right now, would you favor more funding for Ukraine? See, I made that one quicker for you. <laughs> the <laughs> the reality is, Jack, we can't keep funding endless wars. I empathize with the people of Ukraine. Russia's obviously an actor here. Putin's a very bad man. But what Joe Biden did is he is the one who enabled the invasion of Ukraine. His weakness, the way he withdrew from Afghanistan, the, the green lighting of the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, he's enriched Russia, he's enriched China as a result of what's happened there. Uh, Ukraine is a very corrupt nation. It cannot accept that kind of aid. In fact, I'll ask you a question, Jack. Yep. Do you want your taxpayer dollars to be used to hire more police officers here in Columbus, where we're desperately short of police officers? Or do we want to send $300 million to fund the Ukrainian police department? That's what's in that bill. That's in that bill, $300 million, not to help them fight a war, but to fund the Ukrainian police department. By the way, how much of that do you think actually makes it into the hands of Ukrainian police officers? Well, I don't know. they got to withhold 10% for the big guy, I assume, at some point when they launder it. You know, the, the, the Biden laundry, laundry service is a pretty profitable business. My answer to you is, hell no, I would not support another penny for Ukraine. And I would also not, and this we might disagree on this, and that's okay, I would also not be funding Israel right now. If you were in that Senate seat, uh, there's a clean bill, I believe it's about $14 billion is what the Senate is talking about, um, to, to send over to, to Israel to fight off the Hamas terrorists. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, on that one, I'm going to disagree. We, we, let me tell you why. Because the money we send Israel, Israel has a very specific purpose. It's for weaponry that we send them where they add enormous value to that weaponry. So if you look at the F-35, for example, there's a standard version, and there's something called the F-35I for Israel. They make that plane dramatically better. So it's basically an R&D investment. We are supporting Israel because they are at the tip of the spear of a battle for Western civilization. Don't make a mistake about this. Uh, Once they're done in their plan, wiping out Israel, they're going to come after America. And so they're fighting our war for us over there. They know how to accept this aid. They've been accepting U.S. aid for a long time. And uh, we have to support our strongest ally in the Middle East. Otherwise, we can completely concede uh, this war over to the terrorists. And they will wipe out Israel. They won't finish the job there. They'll go all over the world and they'll come after us. That is a very clear line of demarcation. Now, what's even uh, equally important to that, Jack, is that we allow Israel to fight the war the way they deem necessary. This administration's called for a ceasefire. While the fighting was happening on October 7th, while they were murdering Jews at a festival, the lunatics uh, on the left were calling for a ceasefire. We have to acknowledge that there's going to be civilian casualties, but it's the fault of Hamas. And by the way, this border bill, Ready for this one, Jack? Yep. Gives millions and millions of dollars to Gaza. So we're funding both sides of this conflict, which is complete insanity. To your point that once they're finished with Israel, they will come after us. I want to get to the the deeper fundamental issue here, at least with the activists. 
the the BLM activists are the same as I call them the PLM activists. Palestinian Lives Matter. And the whole premise of both of those groups, and, and by the way, make no mistake about it, BLM came after America. They caused one to two billion dollars of damage. They killed people, assaulted hundreds of police officers, damaged buildings. But it's based on this idea of the oppressor and the oppressed. So it is yeah. inevitable that when uh, the terrorists are done, and they're not going to be, but hypothetically, if they were done with Israel, they're now coming for us. And I want to wrap this into the other question, which doesn't necessarily have a federal tie to it. Diversity, equity, and inclusion. Somebody wanted to make this a topic today. They said, Olentangy Local School District, their levy should fail. Um, And I put out, I think all levies should fail if schools have a diversity, equity, and inclusion department. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think we should call on all people uh, to reject any racism. Uh, So all races, and as you know, I'm Hispanic, um, uh, the black community, Hispanic community, all communities, let's reject all racism. But we're not going to replace racism in this country from decades ago with a new form of racism, which is what, what DEI is. At the end of the day, I am a big believer, Jack, in the redistribution of opportunity. Let's make sure everybody in America has the same equal shot that they make based on merit and hard work and perseverance. But we are not a country that believes in equality of outcomes, because, by the way, it will never happen. Mm-hmm. And that is another way of wrapping Marxism and socialism into a, just a prettier package. Right. We this is this country is built on capitalist principles of freedom and democracy. And that's what this that's what made this country phenomenal. That's why my family and moved me here, my siblings, because that's what makes this country unique. We do not believe in equality of outcomes. We believe in equality of opportunity. And we have to make certain that we scream that at the top of our lungs and fight back again against these crazy leftists that want to turn America into a communist Marxist country. Hey, Bernie, can you stick for another segment of eight minutes or do you need to go? No, sure. Absolutely. Okay. I I want you to think about this uh, Breitbart article that ties Frank LaRose to a big Democratic donor. We're going to talk about that. And uh, Sherrod Brown on the other side of the break. Stay tuned, 98.9 FM, The Answer. More with Bernie Marino next. Are you looking for a lucrative side hustle? Make sure you check out the Alpha Beta Report. You can do that at alphabetareport.com. That's alphabetareport.com. The guys over there are going to give you information on the markets, trading, crypto and help you turn a small amount of money into a towering asset. So check them out right now. AlphaBetaReport.com. All right. I'm joined by Bernie Marino, GOP U.S. Senate candidate. And uh, boy, we got through a lot, Bernie, uh, before the break. Thank you for sticking. I appreciate it. Of course. All right. So I want to talk about this race um, with your contenders on the right side of the aisle. And then I want to talk about big, bad, shared Brown. Um, Right now, you sit at 22, uh, LaRose 21, Dolan 15, according to the latest Emerson poll, and that is after the Donald Trump endorsement. Um, Let me ask you this. What is your take on the Breitbart report that came out? Democrat megadonor Reid Hoffman, who visited Epstein Island, donated to Ohio Senate candidate Frank LaRose, gave him about $13,700. Now, this guy... Not only is he involved with Epstein, but I think uh, the, the other issue is this is the guy that's 
He's one of the people that Molly Ball wrote about in 2020 that's part of the cabal, the Lincoln Project, the people who hated Donald Trump and would do anything to get him out of office. Um, Do you think that this will have legs and this will be the beginning of the end uh, for Frank LaRose? Well, let me just point out that in terms of the polling, our internal polling have us up dramatically higher. Uh, The polling have have LaRose down to 11 percent support now. But uh, the Emerson poll, I think, uh, definitely skewed too much towards Democrats. In terms of the Breitbart report, here's, here's what your listeners should know that I wouldn't have known until I ran for office. People don't randomly send you money, Jack. In other words, when you announce a candidacy, you don't just sit at home when, and then people just randomly send you checks for $13,000. I mean, think about that, right? The way the process works, the candidate has to decide who they're going to call and solicit money from. So I, I, I think Frank LaRose deserves to explain himself. What was the context of the conversation with Reed Hoffman? This is a guy who funded the, uh, the Gene Carroll lawsuit against President Trump. This is a guy who's an ally, top ally of George Soros. Why was Reed Hoffman on Frank's call list? How did the call go? And what did Frank say that made Reed Hoffman send them the maximum check possible, 13 plus thousand dollars, to the Secretary of State race in 2022. This wasn't something that he got years and years ago. He got it the last time he was running for office, which was, frankly, a little hard to keep track of when that is. But it reminds your listeners, he, he just ran for Secretary of State, won, and then he immediately decided to run for the Senate. Lots of questions, because I can tell you, Jack, I've had conversations with some donors that were put on the list, and I call them, and they'll tell me, hey, I want you to advocate for this policy or that policy. If I don't agree with them, I tell them I don't agree with them. And most of the time, when I don't agree with them, they don't write a check. Right. So the scenario where they, where he was comfortable, uh, Reed Hoffman was comfortable writing Frank LaRose a check of that amount, I think Frank is the one who should answer that question. Because I can assure you it didn't happen just by accident or on its own. Yeah, I have a, a good friend in the political business, and he says there's no coincidence in politics. And I think that's exactly what you're saying. And You know, I would add to it, not to pile on, because we will have Frank on and he'll get a chance to address this. But um, I also remember when uh, the Chan Zuckerberg fund, when they were they were bragging about, you know, spending money. And Frank LaRose was bragging about that money being spent. And there are some people who argue that when he was secretary of state, he spent it the right way to help secure elections, to help make sure they were safe. But I also know that a lot of that money went to places that certainly tip the scale, um, not in favor of Republicans or conservatives. Um, so there's a lot. And here's, well, well yeah, like how, how was that? How was that conversation with the Zuckerberg organization where you got millions of dollars? I mean, again, that didn't happen by accident. There were other states in the country that didn't get money from Mark Zuckerberg. So again, what was the deal that was made? Why did he accept it? I've heard Frank say that he outlawed. That's just objectively false and not true. He took that money. So you can buy the Reed Hoffman thing, the Mark Zuckerberg thing. You look at where his money's coming from. You look at the positions he takes. Uh, you know, the, the uh, on a debate stage not too long ago, he said that he would only give money to Ukraine if we secured our border. And yesterday on Twitter, he's saying that he, what he doesn't like about the bill is that it ties Ukraine aid to our border. So I think what happens is he's twisting himself into a pretzel to try to appease special interest groups. This is exactly why he cannot be in Washington, D.C. 
He's exactly the kind of job-seeking career politician that will say anything or do anything as long as it advances his personal career aspirations. This is a guy who's not made money in the private sector. And his goal, for sure, like all these other guys that go to D.C., is to go out there and become fabulously wealthy in Washington, D.C. And they do it by selling out our country, Jack. And that's what we got to change. We cannot continue to send these job-seeking career politicians to Washington, D.C. So we've got about two minutes here, Bernie. According to the Emerson College poll, now you might have internal numbers that uh, you know, refute this or, or have you know uh, different numbers as an output, but it shows that you're within two points of Sherrod Brown, which really is the um, you know plus or minus on the poll, right? It's the standard deviation, or um, it, it could be with it could be the error. So you could be tied, you could be ahead to whatever. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, where do you think you stand with Sherrod, and is he beatable, and are you the guy that can do it? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, he's at 39% in the polls, right? So that means 61% of the people are saying, hey, we want somebody else. 37% are saying me because they just don't know me. So as this uh, campaign develops, they'll get to know who I am. They'll see that I'm somebody who's going to support the America First agenda and have President Trump's back in Washington, D.C., which is why he endorsed me and didn't endorse uh, my opponents. So I think that that's great news that Sherrod's stuck at 39 because people know who he is. People know Sherrod Brown, and for him to only do 39% is terrible, and that's how we're going to beat him. He's very vulnerable. President Trump's going to win Ohio against Biden by anywhere between 8 to 15 points. Uh, there's no scenario in which Sherrod Brown overperforms President Trump anywhere near those kinds of margins. So we're going to beat him. We just need the resources to make sure that we get our message out. That's what we're working hard to do. And we're going to turn the Senate. We're going to save this country. All right. So about 45 seconds here, Bernie. Where can our listeners go to learn more or support you? They go on the website, BernieMarino.com, M-O-R-E-N-O.com. You know, my, my number one opponent's actually Matt Dolan, not really Frank LaRose. Frank is really faded into oblivion. Uh, but Matt's got endless family money. So if your listeners can contribute $5, $50, whatever they can, it'd be very meaningful and help us get our message out there. He is Bernie Marino. He is a Republican candidate uh, to, to win the Republican nomination to go against Sherrod Brown in November. Uh, Bernie, thank you for joining us today. Uh, we really appreciate you. Thank you, Jack. Hey, thank you for listening to 98.9 FM, The Answer. Um, great interview. Thank you, Bernie. Uh, just a reminder, up next, we'll have Lad Dilgard, and we're going to talk more about the wokeness in our schools. Is there a reprieve? Is there some good news? Can we celebrate something? And uh, still taking your messages and calls. Uh, if a school district has diversity, equity, and inclusion programming, should they pass a levy? I'm a hard no. Uh, 93% of you are a no right now. 7% of you are a yes. If you're part of that 7%, give me a call and uh, let me know why. I'd love to hear it. And then, of course, remember, set the alarm for 1222. Bruce Hooley will be here. He'll hopefully be here for a couple of segments. So you'll get to hear his poignant analysis and opinion. And uh, we're excited about that. So stick with us here on The Bruce Hooley Show, 98.9 FM, The Answer. I'm Jack Windsor, and I'm back with you for hour number two on the other side of this break. Three 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.